space, final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And joining us is Dr. Squee. Hello. And, well, we're, we're here to talk about mainly about Picard, mainly about Picard. But first of all, apologies to anyone who's been wondering where the hell we've been. We I have think been anyone wa- on our group put those. Yeah, we have, we have been watching Discovery. Um, there might not be a lot to say about it, but we're going to talk about that briefly in a moment. But... Yeah, we we we've all had things things going on that have made podcasting a little bit difficult, but we are back to to cover Picard. Yeah. So we've been emotionally basically, compromised. Yeah, I was going to say basically everyone's had a good couple of weeks, is what I'm getting yeah. from us. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, nothing's gone wrong. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, going forward, we're, we're just warming up this week. We're easing back into it, so we're just covering Picard with a little bit of discovery. Yeah, what we've decided with Discovery is we have to do, like, a quick catch-up now of what's gone on. And then when Lower Decks of Prodigy is back on, as the second episode, we'll go back and look at the four episodes properly that we've missed. So we do get them actually reviewed properly. And we'll pick up the coverage as normal next week. So we'll get big bumper episodes covering both of them. But um... The 50th that we're broadcasting doesn't look like it's happening. No, technically, technically, this would be our 50th live broadcast then, wouldn't and it? And so. I say, by the way, if, if we were going to do 50th for anything, this was a shit-hot episode of Picard. I mean, it's, after last yeah. year, it's almost like they knew and they, you know, that we needed some good Trek right now. Yeah, and My God, was that a great... You delivered. Like, for any Star Trek, that was wonderful. And after the first series of Picard, my hopes weren't high, I'm not going to lie. You know, even with the trailer looking so good, it's like... They hoodwinked me before with the first series. <laughs> Man, was it good? Yeah, I right. agree. Before we get into Picard, though, shall we yes, talk let's, about... Let, let's cover Discovery. Uh, so, like, There's only four episodes, and like, there's probably only a couple of minutes worth of what's actually happened in the story. Yeah, I will no... say, though, I thought this was a remarkable improvement, the last couple of episodes especially. I thought the rest of the series, it was kind of a bit all over the show, and the anomaly really wasn't... Given that that was the main kind of impetus for this series, I don't think that was enough of a focus till later on. See, so weird, weirdly, I, I'm the opposite to you. I thought the first half of the season was really strong. Yeah, I thought it I've, was. I've, I've much preferred it before the break. I've yeah. found since the break, it's like we're getting this strip of heading to the anomaly and what the ten C are, but it's literally a drip feed. See, I, I don't know. It's just I felt like the first it, half of the series, it, it became, for me, the bits which I didn't like so much in Discovery because, I, like, I, I, like it's it's bullshit. This thing that some Star Trek fans don't seem to have realized about Star Trek always having been a thing like woke, if you want to call it like that. Oh, I have but, no problem with but that. But sometimes, sometimes for me, Discovery just goes melodrama. And I don't take to it. I, I didn't love the... It a bit too far. Like, you know, the episode with the um, ship's computer becomes sentient, I'm fine with that, but they made it so, like, there was no control over it. Like, they, it reminded me of the episode with Data in it, where you get him, to, you know, he takes over the ship. 
they then go, oh, okay, we better have some protocols to stop him doing that in the future. This ship does, and they go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, don't see a problem with, with that having ultimate control over every <laughs> member of the crew as a crew. Like, I, I get, it was a wonderful idea to have it as a crew member, but not one which could take over the ship so easily. And that that's kind of was, it was that kind of um, feeling of the first series for a lot of the episodes where it was just all about how Burnham was feeling and had the breakup with Book and just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the breakup with Book, see, this is weird because that first episode that we came back was the one where they went to play poker. And mm. the whole thing was like, oh, Book's a, a fugitive and blah, blah, blah. And then they meet up with him in this poker thing and it's all flirty, flirty and good fun. And it's like, no, hang on. He's like... Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I didn't mind the episode so much if you ignore the fact that it doesn't make much sense they're all flirty, flirty, as you say. But like, it was like... It was that guy who was running the casino, which like really bothered me because he had these metaphors which didn't really make any sense if you didn't know the frame of reference, which <laughs> we don't. True. And he was just—I think he was meant to be this wisecracking guy, but you have to understand his references a little bit for that to really work. Yeah, it it was an odd, odd, odd episode. That and I, I, it was an odd. It was a really odd episode as a return to the season. Yeah, like I honestly don't think. It, a mid-season break was originally planned. I agree. I don't think it was. I think you would have made uh, the cliffhanger better and the return episode stronger if you had planned it that way. Yeah. and Like, they're talking from next year, all of the Star Trek will be 10 episodes per season, which all of the rest of them are apart from Discovery. Mm-hmm. And to me, Discovery could have done with losing three episodes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, certainly... This year, uh, like, I honestly feel like this last four episodes has been hard work to watch. You know, it's really funny. I found it yeah. really, really. I mean, I don't. I found it almost. Yeah, I have found hard work. It's what? That's weird. I found that knocking on probably three hours of TV, and all we've done is we haven't even met the Ten C yet. Who the like these four? Four episodes have been heading to go see the Ten C. Mm. I just think I was I was just pleased for them to finally to get to the anomaly and to get to the action of it and get the fact that, that when they just destroy this big thing which can destroy the universe, like they rebuild it like that. That was kind of really cool to have something yeah. that deadly and they've just pissed it off, like or at least Book has. Yeah. And they don't seem to want to stop pissing it off. Like, yeah, I love that like, kind of the whole side of it. It like, was kind of it, it made the stakes quite big. Yeah, like, if we ignore the poker episode, and then the next episode was all right, because that was, like, a standoff between Book and Discovery, and... That one of the bad episodes. Yeah. No, Can I also and... throw in, it was nice in that poker episode that, even though they're still not doing it very well, they're trying, it looks like, to develop some of the other characters. Yeah. Because, um, Ugawa, Uwaga, sorry, I'm going to... Awashiko. Awashiko. Awashiko, you actually got her sort of taking a bit more center stage. Mm-hmm. They still don't really have, like, any time they still do character development, it's always got to be off the back of Burnham. It can't be two characters which are main crew members, which aren't, um, like, there's about three or four crew members who always get the kind of, like, yeah. attention. Yeah. And all the other ones have to be in a scene with one of them. I'd like to see a couple of them just chatting. Like, when yeah. they had it on the bridge in that episode where they were going about, like, hey, I'm looking forward to climbing a rock when I get home mm-hmm. in the, like, this area of Earth. I'm looking forward to white water rafting. It's like, that still doesn't show me anything of them, but I think that's meant to make you feel like 
developing the character. They're sort of doing something with Adira and Detmer, like that Adira's got this hero worship thing for yeah. Detmer. Which so, came out of nowhere. Which came out of nowhere, but if they now <laughs> develop it, then, you know, that Exactly, we will but I get feel like that. it's the same thing they always do. You start to feel like they're going to develop the character and then they just show away from it. Like, you know, st- again, you still don't know the history of these people. You don't no. know, no. like, you don't know little facts about, like, when they were growing up. Like, you know, they used to pepper in facts about O'Brien, for instance. He started out as an ancillary character. You'd hear these little things about him, mm-hmm. and you got to know him, and then he became a member of the crew. That was wonderful. They haven't done that very successfully in Discovery and they're still no. not quite nailing it. I think they're trying now. I think they've heard the feedback, but they're still just not quite getting it right. Well, that leads us on actually quite nicely to talking about Picard because when you talk about them hearing the feedback, like I really, really, really got the sense from this episode that they've listened to what people, what the critiques were of the first season and... And I think, you know, I didn't dislike the first season. I enjoyed it. I thought it it didn't live up to what it we were all hoping expectations. Um, it, but It just felt on Star Trek to me. It is, it's just the feeling of it, the look of it. Nothing felt like Star Trek. Whereas this seems to be addressing, if not all of them, certainly most of those things, like, I mean, we'll we'll break down the episode, but like straight away, the first thing you see, you've got the classic red alert symbol, and we're on a starship, and we've got Starfleet, and it's recognizable. It like it's a different new ship, but it's a recognizable environment. Yeah. Yes, that's the thing. I just we immediately know that we in TN we after TNG era, but you can see the development Mm -hmm. and why it's yeah. I mean, the, the the look of the Discovery, I've said before, like it's a bit sterile, but it still feels like it's in the world of Star Trek. It's like it may be in the far future, but it still creates that feeling. Um, whereas just Picard season one didn't at all. I mean, my only slight qualm, which I will happily overlook for this, like what we got, is that it's suddenly like every one of them is back in Starfleet yeah, just yeah, like yeah. that. And it's like... Okay, cool. Look, if that's what you need to do to give me the Star Trek I want, I am fine with it. Yeah, but it's think- quite jarring if you think about it for any time which i'm happy not to it, it wasn't what i was expecting like they they i mean they did set up certain things like picard you got the impression that he could go back but rafi it really didn't look like it and rios it yeah. really didn't look like oh, um, God, and has rios ever looked more like a pound shop han solo than on the yeah yeah Scarlet's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and have you noticed on when you watch on amazon it has all, you know, do all the warnings and stuff, and it says smoking. Yeah, yeah. And at not one point through the episode does he actually light the cigar. No. It's, <laughs> it's a bit, never lit. Bit like he the, has it. He has the lighter, uh, he lets go, but he never lights the cigar and actually smokes I it. I just thought it was so bullshit looking. It's like, how do you create him looking like a rebel, a bit of a tough guy, despite the fact he's back in uniform? I know, shit, <laughs> back in his mouth. I Ooh. think it's pretty cool. I think he's obviously got a synthes cigar and he's obviously <laughs> decided I'm gonna smoke on the bridge. It doesn't harm anyone. It's yeah. You know, so I, I think Again, it's I'll cool. I just think it looks a bit cheesy. I had no fine. problem with it, but what got me is that they've actually put the warnings on yeah. the TV. Warning threat like, <laughs> contains smoking. And at no point does anybody smoke in the episode. Well, he's like Bill Clinton. He never inhales, so, you know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so 
I'm going to get this out of the way. This is my pet peeve, and this is one of my pet peeves, and I've banged on about this, I don't know how many times. I hate it when episodes open with a flash forward to later in the episode, and then we get a uh, 48 hours earlier. Yeah. or what. I just don't like it as a trope. Oh, um, however, if the, the trade-off here is to give us this opening sequence that puts us right in, this is the new look Picard, this is what we're going to be delivering this season, then, okay, if it's scene setting, I'll let it go. <laughs> yeah, I think you've answered that as well. I think they probably, like you said, they probably listen, they're going, it's like, right, we need to capture them back in. We pissed quite a few people off with the first series. Let's just have one really Star Trek-looking opening yeah. scene. <laughs> the only thing I would say, though, is, like, getting away from the fact that it's just a pet peeve of mine, do they maybe give a bit too much away in this opening bit? Because... No. Do you not think, like, I, I no, think... No, you actually think something... Diff- you think things have gone worse than what they do? Maybe. In the end, and you think that... I, the- I, I, thought, I thought it felt very much like they were trying to call to mind, even a specific episode, cause and effect. Mm. It really felt like, okay, let's give them a modern cause and effect to get them in. And, you know, again, it's so recognisable. Yeah. I just thought the fact that you see the green phaser thing and you see the bog queeny person. Yeah. Uh, whereas it feels later in the episode like the bog is meant to be a bit more of a reveal um, well, that's fair. than it comes across. I mean, it ultimately... Do you think it was a last minute edit then? Maybe. I mean, it, it To could... be fair, as soon as I saw the... Um, even without any of the trailers, as soon as I saw the green anomaly... Oh, yeah, definitely. Just bog. No, definitely. I just as soon as you yeah. see green, you think Bog. Yeah, yeah, which is fair yeah. enough. But the episode looks like it's trying to play it as a reveal, which I don't feel like it it comes across as. But like you say, yeah, the green, and also if you I have seen the, the Borg trailers, going to be different to what we expect. I think though. they are, and we'll we'll get onto that. But so that that's my critique of the the opening. However, so this is just sort of symptomatic of how much this this is almost like a reboot really of Picard because yeah. the credits are totally different. Not just the graphics, but they've really judged up the music. Like yeah. we said several times last season, like there was nothing memorable about the Picard theme tune or anything. It's still the same it's still got the same tune as an undertone, but yeah, it's got, added Yeah, it's got that really motif. Kind of like in season four of Deep Space Nine, where they they upped the tempo of the music. Oh, I, and I'd say they've messed but, with it more than. But the, yeah, yeah, the, this yeah. Is, you know, it's, it's, it's like they've overlaid parts of next gen. Music yeah, this is that, but and... really dialed up, and it's it's got a sense of excitement and action and foreboding and. So, I still wish you had a ship going through space, though. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I like I a ship going through space. It gets me in the mood for adventure. I it just still does. think you're going to get that with Strange New Worlds. I think we're going to get that in May. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good job on doing the credits up. Much better. Uh, and then it is 48 hours earlier, but I've talked about that. So, again, everything about this is just telling you, like, this is completely different to season one. Like, we open on Chateau Picard again. And I think it's a deliberate callback to how season one opened. But instead of it being Picard just mulling about on his own, no pun intended with mulling, I just realised I did that, 
with wine and stuff. Anyway, yeah. um, but now it's it's all hustle and bustle and there's loads of people around and yeah. he's sending this wine out and we've got this song playing and, and, you know, time is a motif that comes back again and again and again this episode, but... But the muse, the 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 song is saying times on our side, whereas last season it was very much this man's waiting around to die. Whereas this well, season it's like he's got a lot season. to live that for. That's what last season was about. That age. yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's, we've got this contrast. Up. You never want to feel like Picard gave up. That was the huge misstep, I think, of the first series. This is a Picard who wants to live, but he's still got. Well, this thing he's always had where he struggled with, with love think, and reading. I think the people. thing is that it's a, it's three seasons, and they've confirmed now that it is three seasons, but we knew that from the start. And Patrick Stewart was told how the story was going to go, mm-hmm. and that's what sold him. And I think it's all, there's different parts of his missed opportunities in life that are going to be looked at through each yeah, season. Yeah, I think so. And the fine, first one was that so. he shouldn't have left Starfleet. Mm-hmm. And he and he what and he made mistakes with that. This one is looking at how he's be, made the choice to be on his own, mm-hmm. and it'll correct that. And I hope he ends up with Laris. Oh, so do I. And didn't she look like? I, and she looked beautiful in the first series, but she looked really amazing in this. I did yes, say well. Jesus and I like that Romulans have have an island. Well, we know that from season one that they must do. But I mean, for, for me, it's the fact that, again, the first series, it's like, I don't ever want my hero. Like, Picard has two things when he's faced with a situation where Starfleet doesn't want to do what he wants to do. He either kind of convinces them it's the right thing to do or he goes rogue. He does not quit for... 20 years or whatever yeah that's not my Picard it's the same with Batman from the Nolan movies he doesn't quit for seven years that's that's not Batman like uh, whereas this series yeah he, he's spending some time in his vineyards but he's not giving up and you've got that wonderful thing like you were saying about the setting of this one and seeing how busy it was you've also got that wonderful thing which Next Gen always did of having a like an old-fashioned scene like a vineyard something which is timeless and then they put a bit of machinery which Give yeah, you a little yeah. wink to the fact that it's in the future. Yeah. And they did that. And it like, was just I so liked how he was going along and tasting the grapes to see if they were right. Mm. And then Machine came along and just beamed the whole bush up. Yeah. <laughs> the whole bunch up. <laughs> but that's that's how you show that it's like, yes, there's a time of scene, but there's still yeah. some technology which sneaks in yeah. at any time period. And, and that's what Next Gen always did. So that gave that. And it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a complete contrast. And I think it's deliberate, the contrast. But And then talking of Laris, we've got... Poor old Jaban, apparently he's just died off screen in between seasons because we want to set up Laris as a potential love interest for Picard now, so feel bad for that actor. Just gets the call. Yeah, no, we're not bothering this season. Yeah. Um, Patrick's got to get his leg over. You're out, mate. (laughs) That does seem... I I do love the explanation that that where we, like, uh, mourn, they go towards a greater love. Like, that, that yeah. Seems yeah. like seems like it could work somehow, you know. And she's um, really, like, yeah, she's... Maybe, maybe she's into the absolute candour as well because she's not backwards in coming forwards in uh, making a play for Picard, uh, is she? And that moment when they almost kiss and you're like, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, oh damn it, go on, Picard. <laughs> <laughs> it really does get you going. It does, it's good. And the stuff about, like, Obviously, this is going to be a big theme because she's asking him why he's chosen to be alone. And then we get this interesting flashback stroke dream 
to well I think he's sort he goes into the big conservatory thing, doesn't he? And I think he's remembering his childhood. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, I love that. It's it's one of those things whereby sometimes it can be really forced uh, to add a new element. Like, you know, again, the first series, I think just a lot of it was forced. Whereas this seemed like it fits in with everything we know about Picard. Yeah. To have this idea that it was his mum who sent him towards the stars. And then you build on those themes. And then when he's seen Guinan and they mentioned something that was never spoken for, sorry mm. to flash forward in the episode. No, a bit, okay. but, but I do, I, it's, it all fit with everything we know about Picard. Yeah. I, you know, uh, it, it's very night and day to, like, for instance, something I was talking to you guys about the other day, like with Doctor Who, when they forced this whole huge backstory for the Doctor that just, there's nothing to suggest that previously. Mm. Whereas this fits so beautifully. Yeah, it's interesting to sort of, because we've never, I mean, we saw Picard's mother once in a vision that wasn't really her in one of the weird season one episodes. and Yeah, when was, no man's gone before, was No one was gone before, yeah. And that that's all we've seen. And there seems to be this implication that his father was potentially violent from, um, from what we see. That's actually in, in the autobiography and all that sort of hinted yeah. on. Well, so, also it fits in with, uh, I think that's probably, in a way, also a nod to Patrick Stewart's own yes, background because yeah. his dad was abusive and um, it's something he had to come to terms with. So, But again, it fits Picard's personality. Yeah, I've not... Office. A, his dad was abusive and his mum was maybe, for some reason, you know, he lost his mum. It would fit that he became... Yeah, I'd not, I'd not made the connection to Patrick Stewart, but I think you're right and I... I would guess then that this is probably something that he pushed for, that he wanted to explore this. So that's going to be really interesting. Well, he talked about when they were on the early days of uh, Star Trek and he basically admit, he admitted he had a stick up his bum mm-hmm. for a lot of the time and they took the piss out of him until he lost it. And that he opened up and he became more himself than ever. So it does seem like there is a little bit of borrowing from mm. his own experience as well, which is all good gravy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the do tie in, like you said, this thing about his mum saying, look up, look to the stars. And it's she's introduced it as a way for him to ignore his parents fighting. And so there is this implication that potentially has Picard always been running from that. And does that feed into his reluctance to to form a romantic relationship because does is there some part of him that thinks, well, that's how it ends up, is this horrible yeah. thing. So I think you know, we're go- obviously going to get into all that, but I love the fact that it's almost like this episode is sort of a, a mission statement for the whole season. It's, it's introducing all these themes that I think what we're going to be picking up on and we're going to be dealing with a lot more. A little, a nice little acknowledgement that I thought was when he gives the speech at Starfleet Academy, he says that his mum had said, let's see what's out there. And that's, of course, what he says right at the end of Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah. So, yeah. brilliant. Again, beautiful weaving into what we already know. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, and where we got it from. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely special effects shot where we pan out from Picard and out past the planet and out through the thing, and we end up at the the spatial anomaly, which, as you said, Elliot, it, yeah, it's going to be no surprise that it's the Borg. Yeah. It became a class. It took out. 
Yeah, so is that is that one of the new ones? No, or was Akira class no, was I in think first contact? I'm not I think the Akira class made an appearance in DS9. Right. Because we do get a lot of new shit. Been in um, first contact. Yeah. Is there any reason why they don't have letters after, like the Stargazer? There isn't a letter Um, after it. The Enterprise with the one seven zero one is is was given that as a special legacy. But there's like you know discovery. So they might rename it another ship, and it like you might have. We had the Hudwich was. Another one of the one sevens with the constitution, but when there's yeah. been future huds, it hasn't carried over that NCC. Yeah, I think they only do the it. The NCC has been uh, as a sort of tribute to what the Enterprise did, being yeah. carried over as a legacy. Yeah, I think there's seems, a legacy yeah. number with the ship name. They, they talked about legacy though with the Stargazer, so it seems like that would have well, a letter from what they're suggesting. Yeah, I think though. It, it's only for... Well, basically, it's only if you've had a TV show. That That's the real-world yeah. explanation. <laughs> but like the, um, if we're going for an in-canon explanation... like yeah, the, the, the San Paolo was allowed to be renamed the Defiance. Yeah, the, yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Stargazer didn't really have that prestigious a thing, really. Picard just lost oh. it to the Ferengi, and then it turned up years later, so... They talk about it as if it's this ship of legacy, and then... No. The talk about it, that it has a legacy because it had been Picard's ship. Yeah, it's the name it's, rather it's the than... Point. It's that, the point is that because Picard's become so famous as a Starfleet officer, mm. it has yeah. that legacy that he'd been the captain of the previous Stargazer. I just like but the But it doesn't have the number because <laughs> the numbers are on, only carry on with the ship name in special occasions. Fair enough, it's fair enterprise. Enough. Yeah. I knew you'd have an answer, Elliot, and I—it's kind of the one I knew, but it's like I was. Like, yeah, I don't know. It has been cute. mentioned somewhere. I'm not sure in books, so it might even be, have been on screen. But the, it is only done for special special ships. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's great to see Picard's back at the academy, back in uniform. Raffi's back in uniform. Mm. There's a Klingon flag in the background, so maybe the Klingons have joined the Federation, or maybe it's just representative of different well, species that are there. I well, don't know. Have, have the sort of made peace again? They have made peace again. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. DS9. In uh, DS Nine, they yeah. re re um re the Kitmar Accords. Yeah, but it's I want to see a Klingon because it obviously the hugely controversial redesign of the Klingons in Discovery, which I don't think any of us are a fan of. And, and well, they even backtracked that, didn't they, for see, in yeah, season they, two. They, they <laughs> oh, they've grown the their down. hair back. Um, so I feel they like... the heads. <laughs> we haven't seen a Klingon since season two of Discovery, so I feel like we're shying away from them, maybe because... They're probably weighing up their options. Like, do we just go old school Klingons nope. and piss off the new fans, or nope. do we? Are go... we going to see when we get Strange New Worlds in next, not next month, month after next in May? Are we going to see Klingons just with black face on? Um, possibly bushy eyebrows. <laughs> they might I think it's down... look. 
Yeah, they, they, they may tone with... down the blackface, but um, you never know. I mean, look, like, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Obviously, blackface is evil and should never be used. But it shouldn't. I, I don't think it... it was it was blackface per se. I think it was more like no, it, it wasn't olive skinned and then more of a kind of Caesar kind of look. I always felt. Yeah, like it that. it wasn't intended as literally as blackface, but no. and it was the and it was. Just... The level of um, special effects back yeah. then. For, That's true. But if, if you but happen... even for, for the time, I don't think it was blackface per se. I no, just, it wasn't, I, I, but... no. I think that's it. The way they did it was excusable. But an alien you race. try explaining that if someone who doesn't know what the crack is walks in while you're watching a Klingon episode of the original <laughs> series. <laughs> so you know. Um, So, yeah, Picard, again, we're doing all this thematic stuff. He's talking about second chances. He's talking about time. He's talking about time's actually the final frontier. Time is the final frontier, which, you know, we're going to find that out. That's Picard porn. That's Picard porn right there. That's what we needed. That ties into what Q told him in um, All Good Things. He says, like, you know... It, what humanity's evolution about is exploring existence, not space as such. So, and obviously with what Q says right at the end of this episode, it looks like we are going to directly follow up on that. So um, Elnor's at the Academy, so that's great. That one makes sense. Like, yeah, put Elnor straight in the Academy. It looks like they've sat down and gone, how do we get as many of these characters back into Starfleet as we can? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it. again, it was forced. Um, fine. So I think the only one who Elnora feels really forced it. with a position was Jurati when she explained it. Mm. What had happened to her. Yes, yeah. And again... Yeah, no, no, by the way, I didn't mean that he was forced in the academy. I think that one's good, but most of it is forced. Yeah, yeah. Back in there. But again, uh, if I that's what no, you need to tell me a good story. Well, if we look at it, like, okay, Vios... The, 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 he's back in Starfleet and he's a captain. That's, yeah. How's that happened? That's but quite a jump. Girati started seeing him and she's tagged along, fair enough. But how she came out with the explanation, like, yeah. oh, I was let off with murder because I was under the influence of an alien. Yeah. <laughs> all and, this. yeah. But that sort of explained all of that away. Yeah, and... Um, um, her and- I was really happy. I, I had no problem with... Oh, what's the name? The android, Soji. Soji, because Picard's back in Starfleet, so they've released a ban on synthetic. Yeah, which we yeah, that, that was, yeah. we thought and that she's was out there as happen. a diplomat. Yeah, yeah, um, she's basically on a book tour, and we get and, the. And Picard, although every time they mention Picard's an android, I always wince a little bit. Like I don't want Picard. I want it to be the Picard I've seen <laughs> in everything else. I don't want him to be a robot. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, nothing gets data, but just. It doesn't matter. That's the point, is that he's still him anyway. I mean... Yeah, that's the point, that he's still the card. But but, but I know it's not him. Yeah, but it is. (laughs) To all intents and purposes, it is. And also, the fact that they barely acknowledge it. So, again, I think that's another one that they're like, right, we've done that, but don't worry about it, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, Soji is on a planet in the Beta Quadrant, and it does say that it's Deltons that they're dealing with, but it's not Delta Four, which makes it even more amazing that Girati manages to resist this guy's advances, because we know that Deltons have, like, a pheromone thing that you can't 
you can't resist, and that's why Ilya had to take a vow of celibacy and all that in the motion picture, so Gerati's really not in the mood. Or maybe the guy's just not... Maybe he's playing maybe fair, he's not. drunk. Yeah. It's not yeah. working on her. And she does explain that her and Rios have broken up, so they've obviously decided, yeah, we we put one too many relationships in at the end of season one, so... No, I think them two yeah. are going to get back together. I, Probably. I, I d- I do think it's so funny though. There's like the, you get these lines of mega exposition, like yeah. saying it's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we broke up." And by the way, I got acquitted of murder, just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've got to put these things in. That's what I mean. Her, her, her explanation okay. of what she's, of how she's there, is the only one that felt really forced. Yeah, yeah. but it's very that, that much, was the worst one. It's in character for her to sort of jibber jabber everything, but. Yeah. But yes, it, it is very much. Uh, you know what she should have done? She should have just dropped a quick line telling us what happened to Narek because we never found out at the end of season one. He just disappeared in that last episode and we never saw him again. So that'd have been nice just to, again, if you're going to address the fan issues, tell us what happened to Narek. Not that we care particularly, but... Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, what else? Oh yeah, and Seven's now back to being a Fenris ranger and she's got La Serena, which is cool. And she's amalgamated all of the hollow Rioses, so we've just got one now. Yeah. That does everything, but it can't turn off its <laughs> counselling programme, so it's trying to give her advice and everything. <laughs> yeah, and can we switch it to English? I'm sorry, I don't like reading TV. I'm sorry, I know I'm a Philistine. Yeah, I, I must admit, I don't like reading TV. I, I again, I know it makes me feel a it, dis- it, it, it distracts me actually from what else is going on when I've got to read it. That's exactly what I get because I'm dyslexic, yeah. so it does actually take a little more effort. I can keep up with it, but it's sometimes with the expense of missing yeah. the drama, like you say, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, I can either watch what's going on and not read what he's saying, or I can read what he's saying and I'll miss bits of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it do- you know, it doesn't bother me too much, but there's no real need to do it this way, so. Anyway, I don't think we're going to see a huge amount of... Oh, maybe we are, because it looks like La Serena's going to be the ship they're on for the rest of the season, so... Yeah, you never know. Um, we find out, though, that Rafi and Seven are still a thing, but not... Well, that, that's been... That, there's an audio drama that Yes, released, there is, which there? we need to listen to that and yeah, maybe do an episode that on that. Yeah, because talk about them going off on an adventure. Well, which one is it? It's just come out. It's um, it's focused on Seven and Rafi, but it's like a full cast audio drama. Oh, because I'm on a uh, an Audible... Tr- um, oh, yeah, it's on moment. that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah um, oh, what's it called? I forget what it's called, but the, the, there's only one official Picard one yeah. so it'll be that one um, yeah so yeah so obviously they're going to de- and the actresses have said as well that they are going to develop Seven and Rafi's relationship and look at that a bit more because that was that was another one that sort of just came out of nowhere really at the end of the season and where well, I'm good with that part of the uh, series good. one for many different reasons some um, which I won't mention on this uh, stream I mean, I'm, I'm good with it, but again, it was just, uh, oh, okay. Um, but we're we're going to see where that goes. So, obviously, the well, setting up. It's quite obvious why she ended up with Rafi, because she'd gone out with Jacoti and she thought, that's it for men. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, you missed no opportunity for Jacoti's <laughs> No, nope, you've got to have a go at Jacoti. Nope. 
So not o- not only did she do that, but she sabotaged the ship he was in, and he ended up back in the Delta Quadrant going missing with it. See, that's going to be a twist. That's yeah, how we're saying. He said, oh, he was so upset, he went off in his new ship thinking everything's going to be fine now. Where am I now? Yeah. Well, we don't know. Thankfully, Chikota is currently status missing. We may never see him again. Yeah, he's MIA. Yep. Um, And then, yeah, so we get into the meat of the episode then. So uh, they get this message, and the message says, help us, Picard. And so that's it's a good, intriguing setup, like... Again, we know it's going to be the Borg, but it's like, so why are the Borg asking for him and everything? So I think that's a good... And it's a good way to directly bring him into the action. Yeah. There's also a wonderful little, you know... um, I've complained before about mystery box when they're not well open, shall we say, to Mm -hmm. reveal what's actually happening. But I kind of like the mystery box of the Borg not... Like, they're they're acting differently. Yeah, yeah. They don't seem to be just out for evil. There seems to be some other... Motor Soprano there, which is yeah. I, they do say that the Borg's been devastated and all that, don't they? And, yeah. and is that the results of Voyager? I presume so, yeah. So Endgame was devastating to the Borg, what, how they destroyed them. and Yeah, I think Well, I think so. that was hinted at. They never really said it, but in season one, it was kind of hinted at that there was mm. this crippled Borg ship and something's happened to the Borg. It's yeah. not <laughs> Borg as we know it kind of these days. Yeah, and it is interesting. Again, we may as well jump ahead um, briefly to talk about, like, I really like the the discussion that they have about it on the Stargazer at the end that you get Picard being full-on Picard, saying, you know, this could be you know, a great alliance that we could make mm. and it could be an amazing turning point in history, whereas you've got Seven going, no, 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 we need to kill them. We, you Seven can't. is Kirk. In undiscovered country yeah, here, very kill much them, so. let them die out. And yes, yeah, it looks and it's like, perfect. It looks like she might be right. Just going <laughs> surface level I, on what we see in this episode. I just want to say more to it. This, but in this ready room scene, in the left hand corner, there's this, this display case. Yeah, with the stargazers in. Mm-hmm. They were made by Bill Krause, who's a member of one of my modelling groups. Yes, I saw, saw him on there. Good work, yeah. Bill. Good work, yeah. Bill. I, I did he's, really... He's reached the ultimate thing that any modeler wants, where what you model is recognised by the show that you're doing and they bring your work in. Yeah, it's a bit... Oh, good, it's one it? of my favourite facts about the original series is they did the deal with Mattel, I think it was, to make the figures, and then... If they needed another um, one for, you know, if one got damaged mm. when they were making the show, they just went down the local muscle shop and brought one. Like, yeah. you can't get much more screen accurate than that. Now, like, and, you know, you have to pay a bit more for screen accurate ones. And they'll, yeah, the ones you get from the toy shop wouldn't be quite that, shall we say. No, not with, um, not, not with 4K and everything now. It's, it's, it's ruined so many things. I thought it was just genius that they yeah, get down the local great. toy shop. Absolutely, like there's there's an episode. Oh, it's well, it's, the Constitution is is just the AMT Enterprise. Yeah. Like this, they just went out to shop and bought a couple yeah. of them to do yeah. the, the Constitution. Yeah. There's a, a DS9 episode where Bashir's scanning someone with like a little tricorder thing, and it's um, it's a warp engine off the AMT Romulan Warbird kit. Yeah, and oh, it, nice. it's just literally that prop. It's yeah, it's great. Um, I, one thing to tag up on what you were saying about the Borg, though, I really like that 
See, in the first series, even though the main focus was the Borg, I think they use it very poorly. And you just saw characters, oh, Hugh's back. Oh, he's dead now, is he? Okay, that's great. Mm. Whereas this time, tying in with like uh, the Borg in their crypt. Mind you, we did do that back. with E-Chip. E-Chip's back. Way he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one I wasn't so bothered about. But uh, I'm just saying the way they used it to, to have the Borg the, yeah. you know, the book that we know coming back in a crippled state and then Seven's reaction to it is so much more compelling than anything they did with them in the whole Definitely, first Definitely, yeah. Again, this one episode is better than the entire first series. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I would say this is easily the best episode of Picard, if not the best episode of Star Trek since it came back. So Yes, it's right up there, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Um Picard goes to see Guinan then, so we finally get the reunion between Picard and Guinan. Yeah, he goes to see her on Forward Avenue. Yeah, Forward <laughs> Avenue number 10. So yeah, yeah. I I bet they increased the price when they knew it was her asking, they're like, right, it's Guinan who wants it. So obviously if she don't get this one. <laughs> right from the beginning as well, she doesn't even turn around. It's like, I'm going to need a piping hot thing of Earl Grey. Yeah. And he's like, now, he's going, no, I no, the hard like how. Now, I had a comment, I made a comment a few weeks back about Guinan being back and they're looking too old for a species. Mm-hmm. And she just covered it really nicely. Yeah, they acknowledge yeah. it. It was making people look uncomfortable. We can age when we want to. Yeah, which makes sense. If you're working in the same place long enough, your punters are going to notice. Yeah, it was making people uncomfortable. That you're not aging, yeah. yeah. It reminded me of something from LARP, of all things, but when I was doing live-action role-play... Uh, with elves in the system I was playing in, they age when they're not... Like, when, when they've got periods of great activity, that keeps them young. If they kind of have times when they're kind of more retired, mm. they age. And then if you get a new purpose, you can look younger again. Oh, that's and an that, interesting that's very idea. much akin to that. Yeah, I think yeah. what they've done here with Guinan basically is say, yeah, we can be as old or as young as we want to be, so don't worry about yeah. it, that's fine. Yeah. And that also fixes any potential problems like why does Guinan look older when they find her in Kirk's time in Generations than she did when we first meet her in TNG? You know, all that's fixed now. Yeah. Not that it was ever a, a huge problem, but just in case. So, yeah, and it's a great... It, you could argue that this is superfluous, really, because we've already had Picard talking about his feelings and his lack of love and everything. But you know what? This is just getting those two actors back together, those two characters back together. It's but fan he service. He also, great she fan also service. makes a point that... Because I, I think this season is all is going to be about Picard, this, that in it, that is being alone and should have found love. And I think and he's going to end up with Laris because of it. Guinan says that you've never told me what you saw. And she's yes. talking about in the Nexus when he thought he was married with Ooh, do you think? Yeah. Because I was going to add a few more things that she does add in this scene, which haven't already been covered, because she does say, because he says, oh, no, I have found love before. He goes, she, and she says, like, only in situations where you know it can't last or it can't work. Mm. And you think back to everything which happened in The Next Generation, that all fits that pattern. So it kind of answers that question before fans ask it, because they know fans well. Yeah. And there's also, when they talk about... Um, Oh, God, what's the only other thing she said? Because there was, like, loads of little, like, moments like that which kind of covers mm. any questions which anyone might ask later, like, um, oh, Jesus Christ. 
No, it's gone. Sorry, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. I but... still, I, you know, I mean, Laris, I think in the space of this episode, they have done a good job of putting a case forward for that, but I still want to see Beverly come back, like... Oh, yeah, that would be great. But uh, no, the thing I was going to say, I remember now, because um, where Picard was talking about his, you know, you see the flashbacks to his mum and everything... When she asks why he joins Starfleet, and then he gives such a cookie cutter mm. the answer every Starfleet captain gives, and yeah. you know it's bullshit, and it's so obviously rehearsed and so obviously tried, and it's the sort of answer which which Kirk would have given, and it'd be true. Yeah, Kirk was all about the the ego, and that's all he was living ego, and the TV of the time was all about that. It was just about like. Yeah, you join Starfleet to become a captain because you want to explore the stars. We don't need to look into backstories because that mm-hmm. was the TV of the time. Whereas even with Next Generation, at that time, they were a bit better at it, but they hadn't got to where we are now. So this kind of brings his story up to speed. Yeah, and like you say, everything it's, happened the way it did. it's such a rote answer that he's even counting it off on his fingers as he's giving the <laughs> reasons. Yes. So I thought that was really well done. I think the scene was so necessary to really... Yeah bring all those themes together, even though, as you say, we've mentioned it earlier in the episode. Yeah. And then we get the, an admiral goes to see Picard. And again, this is a contrast to what we got in season one when people went to see Picard at the Chateau and it was all very standoffish and aggressive. And instead, this time, it's we've got a mission for you and he's off. We don't get an episode to think about it like we did yeah. in season one. It's He's there and... Maybe the shuttles are faster than they used to be because he seems to get there very, very quickly. But well, let's be fair. The stargazer got to the anomaly from wherever it was in the beta quadrant very, very quickly. Yeah, true. Astrati so... was still absolutely hammered by oh, time. The, the stargazer has got a Borg part, so it could it do has. some transwarp technology. Could Possibly. well be. And um, so we get Picard to the stargazer, and we're ready to move into the sort of final act of the episode and Picard goes to talk to him and at this point, if it wasn't clear already, it's definitely clear it's the Borg because they do that Borgy reverb when talking. Yeah. Everything like that. And then then we get, which I'm sure, Elliot, you'll be able to tell us a bit more about it, but we, we get the shot of all the different ships and, again, the, we talked about it when we did the finale of Picard and, I, a lot of people did have an issue with the fact that it was all the same ship. but It was all the same ship. But it, it made sense in the context because it was it, it was clearly told that it was a specific like assault force that Riker yeah. had. So that made sense within that context. But, but here, not, our, not in other Starfleet Imadas that we've previously No, that's seen. it. And whereas also, here, it's just everybody who's near enough needs to come here sort of thing, and that's why you do get a variety. So, if I can do it off the top of my head, we have the new Excelsior class. Yep. We have the new Stargazer class, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the first time on TV of the Sovereign class. Yeah. Never been done before. We get um, the Gagarin class, the Reliant class, the... Oh, there's four of them from Star Trek Online. Yeah, and that's great that they're using the designs from online. And there's, I have on the um, thumbnail for this episode. I have put the picture with all the yeah ship okay. classes. Can I also say it's just so beautiful after watching Discovery, and even though I may not be 
even a, a tiny bit as, as dosed in lore as Admiral Ali is with the ships. I love it when you drop science about the ships. But for me, Discovery is so frustrating for never mm-hmm. really showing the ships. Like, they, you've well, got this I've... new future and you don't show one fucking ship up close. It's just so Wait, frustrating. Yeah. Whereas this, in one scene, you see so much of the ships. You get to see that, around them. That pan over the stargazer that they did. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> And so much detail. There wasn't any stupid lens flare or anything. It was detail. No, it was. It was brilliant. And, and, and if this isn't going to be our hero ship, yeah, exactly. Right. That, they've spent the time to do it, though. Just like, yeah. and, and as much as it's frustrating um, for someone who is such a <laughs> ship aficionado as Elliot, uh, for someone who's just a enjoys the show and kind of like likes the ships even for me it was really frustration frustrating to never see an up close shot yeah, any yeah. Ship but the discovery and discovery it's so it long one discovery episode. one episode yeah discovery like, the lighting's just shocking yeah and it's obviously a stylistic thing but it, it's a bad stylistic thing i want to see the ships you know yeah who isn't curious about what the ships look like yeah that far in the exactly future? um so we get into the action then they want to beam the Borg Queen over. They say, we're going to send an emissary and it's going to be the Queen and they don't want to do it. They try and put the shields up, the Borg get through the shields. And I'm going to call it Borg Queen Doc Ock because basically the Borg Queen turns up and grows tentacles that go and... Now, I have no problem with that because we've seen these sort of tentacles coming down when they put the ball, the head on and all that. I have no issue with it. I just think it's very Spider-Man-esque, which is fine. May I also ask, where is uh, Picard's occasional um, telepathy with the bug? Like, he doesn't Uh, have it in after he gets assimilated by the bug in later episodes like Descent. He has it during the movies and now he's lost it again. Because he's in a different body. Oh, yeah, of course, sorry. So the, yeah, they've got Robo Picard. Now. Yeah, this body wasn't assimilated, so <laughs> maybe that's mm. one of the benefits of being a robot now is that you don't... Or, arguably, it could be because it's a different type of Borg than what we've seen before. Like, in Descent, it's a rogue faction of Borg rather than the collective. So Seems tenuous, but I like the headcanon of that it. That would so make like sense. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll probably address that because if they're taking as much care with the detail as they appear to be doing, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't touch on that to some extent. And I don't know. To be honest with you, if they do skip over it, I won't object. Even no, though I'm sticking holes, I don't want them to spend a lot of time on it. No, it's one of you them I mean? that it's there when it's needed, but not when it isn't. Yeah. But, um Yes, yeah, so the Borg then, the motivation, she says, we want peace, because they've sent out, we forgot to mention, didn't we? they've sent out this, we want to join the Federation thing. Yeah. yeah. And, but then she says, but we need power, and starts taking over. And notably, it is Seven who starts shooting, not the Borg. So the Borg only yeah. starts shooting potentially in retaliation, and they're only stunning people, not killing them yeah yes which i love that's such a cool kind so, of mystery now, so it does imply there's more to the bog's motivation i think there's a than... lot more to what's going on here when she said she needs power but then why does she take over the armada and why does she say your time is up quite ominously at the end if she's not got nefarious intentions maybe what q 
does leads to this, like in a weird way, like it's a certain mm. time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think we're I, coming back I, here I, in the I, finale. I've got a feel, like, I think that we're going to go back to the Stargazer yeah. later. I, I this... think there's going to be a degree of um, Picard's journey will make him realise that he can't, like, you know, the expansion of his mind to work with the Borg, to work with such an enemy, much like, as you said mm. earlier, about um, Kirk and the Klingons. Yeah. He yeah. had to get to the headspace. And, you know, obviously, Seven of Nine needs to get there. Maybe Picard isn't fully there as well, so mm. he has to expand his mind as well. Yeah, I think we're going to... We're gonna come back to this scene, and we're gonna see it in in a new yeah, light at because, some point. Like this, this is sort of like the start of the time ju- time loop or whatever, or mm, whatever reality. it is. And the queen. Tells... And I wonder if the power that she needs is to stop up whatever Q's done. Yeah, it could or be. to throw them through time or to fix something else. Yeah. And she needs the fleet to do it for some reason. Well, she needs the power from all the fleet. She needs yeah. that much power. Mm, yeah, she could be Yeah, trying to prevent a great catastrophe or something. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. and because and she said there's, there's no more time. We need peace. But first I need power. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that as a working theory. She does say, look up to Picard in a very human voice. In his mother's voice. In his mother's yeah. voice. So people are saying, oh, the Borg Queen's Picard's mum. Don't do that. No. I don't think no. they're going to do that. Oh, please, no. Please, no. no. What I see from that is um, Picard was assimilated, so yeah. they know everything about it. I think that's it. I think they're so using they've used it. The memory to, they've used the memory. And I think they're trying to give him a message that that they're not aggressive by using that. They're trying to give him one of the most peaceful memories he has. Or, and that's, or look, yeah, and that's look from his mum, a peaceful time. And yeah. yeah, I think that's what's going on. I don't think we need the Borg Queen to be Picard's mum, but people are speculating oh, on oh, it, no. so we might as if well If they do that, I take everything I've, nice back I've said. Yeah. I, I've seen the speculation, and I think that's a load of I rubbish. think it's wrong, yeah. If it was Discovery, Probably. <laughs> if but, they do that, they're going down the timeless trial to um, Doctor Who. Yeah, they which, are, which very much so. Um, but, yeah, so, so I, we'll I think, like, I think the big twist of this season is the Borg out taking over the fleet. The Borg are actually trying to stop a catastrophe. And she's just, and she got enough power. That's why there's the and, flash of light that started all this changing reality and she's had to do that for whatever reason and do you know what would be good if it's timey wimey if it's the bog trying to prevent something it'd be really good if it was those weird aliens from the end of season one that were there to destroy all the synthetic life that yeah. just disappeared like recontextualize them to be something that's not just a pointless throwaway thing you know build build on that and make it yeah. so so a major plot point in season one was not completely worthless. So I, yeah. I I would be happy for them to do that. I know there's probably a lot of people who are like just forget about it. We don't. We're not bothered about also, that anymore. We, but well, we know from the trailer that uh, Brent Spiner appears in mm-hmm. the past. So maybe we'll get a third death for Data. That would be nice. We may well do. <laughs> um, so that Please yeah. God, no. We do. But the, he's appearing as he's he's not appearing as anymore. Great, no, 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 great, great. But I. 
But I think it's going to be an ancestor. And Again, I hope yeah. they don't do the, oh, when you get back to the future, data's back. No, don't do it. Data, look, there's, let's just leave data be now. I yeah. love data, but... There's really yeah. strong... On the male side of the Sung family, the genes are really powerful, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> yeah. no matter how many generations, you look like Brent Spiner. Um, <laughs> so then, obviously, we blow up the ship, everything else. Picard wakes up in this alternative version. and Oh, we haven't mentioned Q yet. Well, we're getting there. Because we haven't got there yet. Oh, sorry. We're about to get to Q. He wakes up. No, it's not the past. He wakes up in it's the present, but it's an alternative present. So we've got this wheel... Weird sh- solar shield, which presumably is from Highlander 2, so maybe we're getting a a crossover with Highlander 2, which, given the popularity of that film, yeah, right. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and there's some really cool like props and stuff going on in the background. Like, it's all weapons, which is the opposite yeah. of Picard. There's a Cardassian it is, It's got skull. like... Um... TOS movie era uniform in one of his pictures, yeah. but it's all black. But it's, yeah, it's very fascistic, isn't it? Um, well, it's, yeah. it's um, like the uh, Mirror Universe uh, audio they do. Very much so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a there's a Cardassian skull with like what looks like a bullet hole in the the spoon bit. So I'd like to assume that that's Gul Madred in this version. Yeah. <laughs> How many lights are there? And he's shot it. He's got the picture of the of the warship Enterprise. Warship Enterprise. There's, See this light, motherfucker. There's also <laughs> there's a Ferengi skull with the Grand Nagus's staff below it, so it looks like Picard's killed the Grand Nagus in this <laughs> yeah. version of reality. And then, yes, we get Q and... We called this. We called what was going to happen. We did call this. Can I just say one thing, though? I love the fact that they clearly haven't got the Star Wars money or the, sorry, no, the no, no. Marvel money. So they have one scene of him looking like, okay, it's all right. But like okay. I noticed they turn him to young as quickly as humanly possible. Yeah, so they you do. don't question the fact that it's it's not the best version, but it's fine. It's, 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 I'm glad they did it. It, it did its purpose. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like they're going, right. One line of dialogue before we turn him young. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not being funny, but even Star Wars ain't got the Star Wars money these days. Like, oh no, no, know, Star Wars. It was actually in season two. Do you know they because they had they hired a, the guy, the end, didn't they? At the end, yeah, at the end of the season of Mandalorian, they have one scene with a young um, Luke Skywalker, and yeah. the guy goes, "That looks rubbish." Here's how you do it properly. Here's my deep fake, and they go, "Brilliant, we'll hire you. Come on for season two, and look brilliant." Yeah, I love the fact they did. So no, that. brilliant. So yeah, well, like there, there was a guy who did it. Um, Doctor Who, wasn't there? Someone did a concept of what they thought the Peter Capaldi opening credit sequence credit. should be, and the BBC were like, "We like that." <laughs> they, they, yeah, yeah, come on board. That, okay. That's genius. If it, you, it's someone brilliant. does it better than you, hire them. Yeah. Why not? Viral marketing, yeah. brilliant. Um, so yeah, so you know, if you want to replace Will Wheaton on the ready room, we'd be happy to do it. That's all we're, yeah. we're putting. Not that we want Will Wheaton out of work. We think Will Wheaton's awesome. But hey, look, we'll share with Will. Yeah, we'll share with Will. He can hand off to us, and you can still pay him the same, and it'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, young Q quickly to old Q, and oh, he rem- you've it. Oh, you've aged more than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Let me catch up. Which, brilliant. <laughs> it was so jet black. Just sorry. Yeah, it was. It but was, I still like it. I still like it. Yeah, it was pretty. They should have just used a picture. Like yeah, a cut out. Of, which, again, going back to Doctor Who, it's, um, it's 
Tom Baker's last story where he's fighting with the master on a big like telegraph pole yeah. and they've literally yeah, got a it's telescope. Big telescope. Project. And, and they've literally got a cut out of the master and it just don't move. And it it it's literally a standee of him just like for anyway. Um, Do you know there's a scene, sorry, sorry, really off topic again, but like with 007, with James Bond, they had one with Roger Moore mm. where if you uh, pause on the scene because they couldn't get him back for reshoot shoots, it's literally him painted onto a wall. There's yeah. an actual scene. Brilliant. <laughs> and he probably, he yeah. probably acted better than, no, that's ta- that's <laughs> Roger was great. R.I.P. Um, was so great yeah, the, James Bond. the trial never ends and... Um, I think Picard's about to tell him that he ain't got any time for his bullshit, but we're probably going to have to wait till next week to see that. Well, it does say so, you're at the end of the road, not taking it. Yeah. So yeah, we, I ain't got any time for your bull. <laughs> so I think we're going to see that. next. That'll be the teaser next week, won't it? And but, I love the... I, th- I think it was for the teaser for the next episode, but he goes, this isn't, um, isn't trial, this is retribution, which I really love the idea yeah. that... Uh, Q in some level is trying to make him suffer for something. Like yeah. he, he's he's got a bit more sadistic. That, yeah, bring, that I wouldn't mind. I think that that fits Q. Bringing back sort of season one and two darker Q. Yeah, I mean, I still want him to by the end be on Picard's side in a way, but I feel like he's got to be quite antagonistic first, and then yeah, maybe give a little helping hand. That's kind well, of. I think cute. that's he's always. Oh, in, in his later appearances, he's always pushing Picard towards something like he, he wants Picard to to pass the test and make the right decision and prove to him that humanity is better. But I think he kind of thinks it's not going to happen. Uh, and he wants to torture him first. Yeah, but he should stop <laughs> underestimating Picard because he, you know, he always manages to get it right in the end. Well, so. it's, it's like that that uh, mentor you have in a job or in your life or whatever who always kind of like um, puts you through the ringer and you hate him for it, but you've got to admit you're better at the end of yeah. being around him. That, that's cue for Picard, I think. Yeah. Picard will never admit it, but he is better for having known Q. He has actually expanded his mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I hope we get, you know, this is probably, the, well, we know this is going to be the last time we're going to see Picard. Possibly not the last time we'll see Q. We might prop up in other stuff, but, Let's have an acknowledgement that these two are actually friends. You know, it'd be nice to yeah, yeah, to finally admit that. But yeah, excellent opening episode. I think we're all agreed, aren't we? And very much looking forward to see where the rest of the season goes. Um, so next week we will be back to cover Picard episode two. We will go back to Discovery, where I think we get to meet the Ten C this week. So. Fingers crossed. Um, we'll see how that pans out. We will come back it, to the discovery. If it's Burnham's parents, I'm going to shoot someone. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, no more. Um, but yeah, not we will. Again. We will cover the episodes we've missed at some point. Um, yeah, not, probably June lower decks are. Yeah, prodigy. Probably more likely prodigy because this lower decks leans itself. The covering of other episodes. It does indeed, yeah. Probably during mm. second half of season one of Prodigy or what have you. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Squee, what have you got coming up? Oh, yeah, I should have something coming up. Shouldn't I? Uh, well, Doctor Squee so, show every um, Tuesday on sw20radio.co.uk and available afterwards on podcast. I've recently had uh, Cheryl Baker and uh, Greg Proops from Whose Lines Anyway. Uh, Cheryl Baker, obviously, from The Fizz and... Well, 
fizz as it's known now. It used to be known as Bugs Fizz. Um, so those are a couple of recent ones which are coming out on podcast this week because I'm a little bit behind. Excellent. And if you want to get in touch with us, we're at RetrekPod on Twitter. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com. Or you can come and join us on Facebook. And thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Live long and prosper.